Welcome to Verdant North. In this episode, Nikki teaches the finer points of a gin and tonic. Dan has fungus gnats and a problem that's chronic. And Caroline has plans for her lawn that might be moronic. But here we go. It's Verdant North. Yay. <laughs> made Hello. it. And our host, Caroline Alstrom. Oh, that was, I jumped in too soon. Sorry, man. No, I was, I was like, all right, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited, you guys. I'm just pumped. It was, it was me reading it right the first time, so. I, hi, friends. I'm Caroline, the, the host of this here podcasty poo. Um, and oh my gosh, it's finally, it's the end of April. We recorded an episode way back in February that launches today. So episode one is out and about. And it's a good one, um, but it's finally nice enough to sit outside with a beer. It's finally patio weather. It was 80 degrees today, but we still have zero like flowers or leaves on trees. So it's a little surreal. It's kind of weird. But it's also, ugh, oh man, I feel like I can finally breathe again. You know what else is nice? There's no bugs yet. There's, 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 no bugs. I, there's a couple of bees here and there, but like you can open your windows yeah. for the most part and it's cool. My dog, I think, I don't know if it was a mosquito or just like a little gnat or something, but she was scared by something that touched her butt today <laughs> outside and was just like searching around everywhere. Like, what the heck was that? She was, she was pumped. I don't know. She was freaking out. Um, anyways, hey, we're going to get started right away and try and keep this a good half hour episode for everyone. So Nikki is here. Dan is here. We've got. A whole episode of good stuff for you. So, Nikki, please talk to us about these gin and tonics. All righty. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Back from this horrible, horrible long winter. <laughs> and so, since as it's end of April, and obviously nothing has grown yet, because why would it grow here in this, this frozen tundra? Right. I'm just going to celebrate my favorite time of the year, patio season. Woo! So, and drinking outside, all those fun, fun games and whatnot. So... Try to go for the quintessential patio cocktail, good old-fashioned gin and tonic. So, now, a lot of people may have had a gin and tonic before. You're, you know, sure a lot of your aunts drink them. Sure your mom and a couple of her girlfriends coming into town. Have a few of them, kick a few back. <laughs> My dad actually really loves gin and tonic. Yeah, it's a, it's a good dad drink, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's a pretty universal drink. <laughs> and so, but unfortunately, a lot of gin and tonics that people have had are pretty horrible. Because they are mixing horrible gin and horrible tonic water. So... You know, one day I got in an argument with someone who tried to tell me tonic water and club soda are the same thing. No, no they're not. <laughs> tonic water has lots and lots of ingredients. The main one being quinine. So that comes from a tree called the cinchona, cinchona tree. Um, so that's about all I know about that, as I know it comes from the cinchona tree, um, as far as the, the plant history of it. But I do know that it was like kind of a cure from malaria back in the day and so they actually called it the fever tree so that's the tonic i chose is this one called fever tree it's about one of the only good tonics on the market um so this drink was one of those ones that was invented by sailors as a lot of drinks were so instead of trying to fight scurvy with the lime and you know daiquiris and whatnot this time they needed to fight off malaria so early 19th century in india um all the british officers they love to drink some gin so they, you know, the quinine's a little bit too um, harsh on its own, so they mix it with, you know, so mix it with some sugar and gin and water and ice and 
they had ice on the boats. I don't really know. So, <laughs> so maybe they weren't drinking them that cold, but they were mixing it with a lot of stuff, and that's what helped ward off malaria. And they use it in a lot of a lot of different places. So yeah, but it's a fun little cocktail here. So um, the tonic I chose also isn't just a regular tonic water; it's um, an elderflower tonic water. So Ooh. it has a little bit of elderflower flavors in there. So while I was looking at you know the whole you know kind of what I want to do with this is looking at the history of the elderflower, couldn't find much with it, but it also comes from the elderberry tree, which the elderberries are used to ward off flu and whatnot. Mm. And gin used to be used back in the day for stomach issues because juniper. So thought of this drink while I was sitting at home, not feeling well this weekend, feeling a little sniffly, I think allergies starting to kick in and watching a lot of documentaries about diseases that are going to kill everyone <laughs> in the world. Uh, as I did. So a lot of stuff about, you know, flu pandemics and, you know, bola, all that stuff. So I'm like, huh, we need a good cure all for everything. So this pretty much covers a good good number of the bad diseases, enough of them. And so I'm going to call this the cure all. And that's kind of why we're drinking a gin and tonic right now. Awesome. And so for the quick recipe here, so we have one and a half ounces of gin, about three to four ounces of uh, tonic water and garnish with a lime. I didn't feel like cutting up the lime, so it's sitting on the table in case uh, <laughs> people need to know what it looks like. So here we are. Oh, well, hey. It is delicious, I have to say. Cheers as, to as everybody. As tonics go, yeah, this is, a, this is solid. Mmm, delicious. Real yummy. Mm, I like that elderflower note. Nice little botanical yeah. zing on there, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Mm, later this summer, I'm totally going to make gin and tonics with cucumber and borage, for sure. Some oh, Hendrix. Yeah. I love gin and tonics. They're so good. They're pretty solid. Mmm. Nikki, thank you so much. You are welcome. Oh, man. It's always a good episode when Nikki is here. <laughs> <laughs> she makes the best cocktails. Loosen up, everyone. Ah, <laughs> breathing a sigh of relief. It is finally the spring. So I wanted to talk to everybody about lawns a little bit. I have a lot of lawn problems. I have an older urban house. It's like built in the 40s and my yard is lumpy and weedy and ugly. And everybody's lawn is ugly right now, so that's okay. Uh, but I posted a little video, a uh, little tour of my backyard and all of the things that I'm trying to work on because I thought it would be a good before for before and after comparison. So you can get an idea of like everybody starts with an ugly yard this time of year, you yeah. know, north yeah. of of Iowa, <laughs> so, of Mexico, north of Mexico. Um, so my front yard I want to kill and my backyard I want to fix. So the and these are you can take some, you know, pro idea tips out of here. Your local extension office can tell you what kinds of uh, lawn seed mixes are good for your zone. So, hey, friends in Vermont and Boston and, you know, hey, over there in the UK, you probably have something similar to an extension office. But uh, <laughs> find something that's a blend that's going to be hardy to your zone um, and make sure that you're giving your lawn the proper uh, head start. So I need to aerate my lawn. My lawn is compact. Uh, I get weed problems, and weed problems happen because your grass isn't thick enough to choke things out. Yeah, and something's wrong. Grass, like grass, as in Kentucky bluegrass, may not be the 
best solution for you for your lawn, depending on whether you have full sun or full shade or if it's rocky or dry or anything like that. So I'm dealing with lumpy compaction. I get decent water back there, but I have killed a huge spot from having a swimming pool back there. And I tried Um. to fix it with cheap grass seed. And the cheap grass seed that you get at your local big box store may not be something that is good for your area. They kind of just buy, you know, bulk stuff that's uh, it's going to grow fast and it's going to look nice for a few weeks, but it may not survive your winter and it may not be as strong to hold up against traffic or you know just a quick fix right it's quick fix stuff and i'm like well i need to invest in this so i've been told by a couple of extension office people that i need some fine and tall fescues heck yeah and i know you talked about fescues last year for sure i'm a fan and i also got some micro clovers and some white clovers and those are both ones that i can just throw in my lawn (laughs) the white clover is gonna bloom so that's good for bees yeah bees love clover and uh the micro clover probably won't bloom but it stays only a couple inches tall and i can just Mm. mow right over that stuff and here's the thing if you have a dog you know that dog pee burns holes in your lawn but clover doesn't die only your kentucky bluegrass dies so having a more diverse lawn is definitely a good idea mm-hmm. and when you aerate your lawn you're going to give you know more access to oxygen and yep. Yep. you know your roots of your plants are going to be more healthy and able to survive the stress of being stomped on, you know, rolled on. Especially in a compacted area. Yeah, right. yeah. That's so a, a big help to a compacted area. Yeah. So if you can do anything nice for your lawn, if you have never aerated, <laughs> you should aerate. Unless you're a renter. Don't worry about it. If you're a renter, <laughs> go. someone else's problem. <laughs> if you're a renter, tell your landlord, you know, hey, yep, we mowed it. It's fine. But you could definitely plant clover if you wanted to. Um, so that is how to spruce up an old lawn is to invest in some decent seed varieties that are good for your area. Uh, Perennials, too. Perennials. Like ryegrass is not perennial around here where we're considered a zone four. So there's that. And that's in a lot of seed mixes. So Mm -hmm. it's not even going to survive the winter. Why do I even want it here? I don't want to redo this every single stinking year. (laughs) You can let it go to seed. Maybe it would reseed itself. Your hairline is receding. <laughs> yeah, that, that's also true. <laughs> but the grass also might reseed itself. If, but then your neighbors would complain. So that's my backyard. Uh, for the front yard, I actually want to kill the entire lawn. I just want it to get the hell out of there. Are you going to use a flamethrower? Um, flame weeding does sound pretty badass. I feel like it? that would be quite the way to, uh, I thought to accomplish it. <laughs> I thought about blowtorching it, but you know, you're close to houses and structures. You know, it's not it's oh. not really advised for this. So, if you want to take out an entire huge patch of land of like yucky grass and junky stuff and turn it into a flower bed or in my case I'm going to try and plant like a blooming lawn and sometimes it's called a tapestry lawn then you can either pay professionals to come over with like a bobcat and scrape your whole lawn off so you're starting with a clean slate Mm -hmm. 
Or you can try a method called solarizing. And that is where you cover an area in plastic for long enough to bake and cook everything underneath of it. So it'll kill weeds. It'll kill your grass. It'll just die under your plastic. Um, But up here in the north, it would take me all it would take me the whole season to try and get there so i would just have like a tarp for a lawn this entire year and uh i'm gonna find out how much it costs to have somebody scrape my lawn off first before i resort to that you know what else you could do while you know if you do end up going that route you could make a slip and slide out of it if you're on the slope Summer long slip and Just slide. Just when I need spinal injuries on top of my <laughs> ugly ass lawn. Thanks, Dan. Drink break. Okay. So what I'm going to do afterwards is kind of a cool concept. Um, there is, uh, I threw the terms blooming lawn or uh, tapestry lawn out. And that is taking a bunch of different species of short growing plants and covering the entire lawn with them and kind of patchworking them together so that it's really diverse. There's different things blooming at different times. And it's not necessarily for me. These aren't big, beautiful cut flowers. These are like little tiny flowers like, you know, yeah, there'll be some clover, but maybe there'll be some ajuga also called bugleweed that has little blue flowers. And maybe later these other flowers are going to bloom like uh, Veronica Speedwell, which is a ground cover or Creeping Thyme. Those are all varieties that I'm going to try and grow and kind of patch together in my front yard. I also need some trees for some vertical because right now it's it's very flat and it's just Mm. it's not cute. But I'm going to move all of my pollinator plants from the backyard to the front yard. So there should be some big, cool beds and then there should be some uh, very interesting blooming tapestry lawn going on and it'll be diverse it'll be hopefully drought tolerant if i'm planting a species that is not drought tolerant it's not going to survive because i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna baby this thing (laughs) it's gotta survive um and i'm also shooting for uh, something I love more than this like yucky weedy lawn that I already have. So it might be a delusion of grandeur, a beautiful mess, uh, but it'll be fun. I don't like walk on my front lawn, so you can walk on a tapestry lawn. It's not built to play soccer on, but I can walk on it. Um, there is a cool example of this online if you Google Avondale Park. Um, I, bl- I think it's in England, um, but they created this really cool blooming lawn around a playground and you only have to mow it like three times a year. You don't have to rake it at all because that would actually tear up some of the little plants. Oh. Um, but they also don't have to water it. And so I'm like, I like all of those things. Yeah, Great idea. So that's the idea I'm going after. <laughs> We'll see. I bought tons of seeds. I'm trying to start all these different seeds, and then I'm going to try direct sowing where I plant right into the ground. Um, and I don't know. I need to source myself a bunch of ajuga because that's how you get the really cool colors. It's not everything in this lawn isn't green leaf. The leaf. Yeah. Is ajuga the one that has kind of like darkish, almost purplish leaves? Uh, yeah, it comes in a few different colors. Like, um, it comes in a variegated cream and green. Mm-hmm. 
And it comes in a cream and green variegated that will blush a pink color, a purpley pink. And then there's like a a bronze variety and a totally purple variety. Um, And it's a really good ground cover plant that will totally take our Minnesota winters and and my abusive watering habits that, (laughs) you know, circle around neglect. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, So I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to document it. I'm going to do videos about it and we'll see. I mean, it's not like my lawn looks good now, so it can't look much worse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping it looks really cool when I'm done, but it might take like I'm starting from seed. I cannot buy this like an entire front yard worth of seedlings to plant. So that'd be pretty expensive yeah i know and this you know we we make zero dollars on this podcast so far but if you'd like to advertise with us please email us at vernonorthteam at gmail.com um (laughs) (laughs) the stank of desperation no i'm i'm gainfully employed but it would still be very expensive to uh, buy that many seedlings and, and the advantage of trying to start seeds right where you want the plant to be is there's no transplant shock mm-hmm. and there's no like hardening off and like babying of the plants that you would have to do they if you were cruise. buying everything yeah you just you if they don't start there maybe that's not a good spot to have those things um, but I've got about 42 different species that I'm trying to Whoa piece together um lots of different herbs lots of different kind of tiny plants that will bloom at all different times so are you casting you said how many varieties 42 42 ish you know give or take a dozen i don't know (laughs) are you just gonna toss them all pretty much just sew them all together or are you reserving certain plants for certain areas um I'm going to do taller stuff closer to my house okay. and shorter stuff at the end, like the sidewalk side of my yard. Okay. So that hopefully, you know, it gives an interesting kind of a swoop. Yeah. A, a crescendo. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I want a good chunk of the lawn to be short enough that I can set a lawn chair out there. And if we want to, you know, have a conversation with the neighbors across the street and hang out in the front yard a little bit. We sure can, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't need to handle dogs. It doesn't need to handle constant traffic. Flocks of children. Flocks. No, no, I'm barren. Thanks for bringing that up, Dan. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I don't even know about that. Um, (laughs) haven't tried. Don't, don't know. Um, but I don't need a lot of, I don't have a lot of foot traffic in this area. I do want to try and relocate some stuff from the backyard to the front yard. So the backyard will be like edible stuff that's fenced off from the dog and hopefully a lawn that can hold up to Lana's shenanigans because likes to dig. It's not cute. And I use that term scientifically. So nobody can be mad at me for saying that. I hope. <laughs> That's that's well, they could. You just don't have to apologize. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's me talking lawns. Uh aerate your lawn and research 
actually good varieties, don't just buy a bag of crap off the shelves. Otherwise, you're going to keep buying bags of crap for the rest of your life. You need to invest in, you know, maybe it's going to be twice the price this year, but you don't have to redo it for five years. So mm-hmm. go for it and utilize those extension resources because they are rad. They know what they're talking about. <laughs> they know their man. Yeah. It's one, one instance where... It isn't, you know, you get what you pay for. It's actually way better than that because you get brilliant information and you still don't have to pay for it. Whoa. (laughs) Pretty good deal. Expert advice for a fraction of the price. (laughs) I I don't know what's going on. Dan, you said this week you kind of wanted to talk about something that's been bugging you. Oh, boy. Wackity schmackity do. Yeah, so I have fungus gnats in my house plants. That sounds pretty gross. So I work from home, (laughs) and I have a bunch of plants right next to my desk. Mm -hmm. And one of them, I got this plant. I don't know where I got it from, but the soil mix, it's a tropical plant. And the soil mix is one of those ones that is like super water retentive. Okay. You know, it doesn't look like dirt. It looks like brown fiber. I don't even know what it is, Uh, but it looks like brown fibers. It's probably a lot of like peat moss or something like that. Okay. Okay. It holds water like nobody's business. So I watered it a couple of times. And for the past like two months, I've just had like fungus gnats. (laughs) <laughs> constantly flying, buzzing around my desk, but I can't move the plants because they're in the right spots because there's like this window right there. Oh no. And it gets like perfect amount of sun for where each plant is. It's like the mint, I don't want to move the mint because it's doing well. There's this tropical plant that looks, it's like the one that people call elephant ears. Oh yeah. It's like alocasia. Mm, Something it comes sounds from like a real that. big bulb. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's got a bulb. They're bulbous. Uh, but anyway, so that's the one that has this horrible, horrible fungus net issue. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to move them. But so listeners, you might uh, have fungus gnats and you might think they look like maybe fruit flies. Fruit flies yeah. But there's actually a difference. Um, little fruit flies, Drosophilia. Um, those guys eat like decomposing, you know, food. They eat fruit. Yeah. So the one reason I wanted to bring this up is because a couple of people have been talking about fruit fly problems and it's hard to get people to distinguish or differentiate. Are you talking about fruit flies? Are you talking about fungus gnats? They might have white flies, just Mm. something that buzzes around and they've heard the term fruit fly. And so that's what they think it is. Mm -hmm. So I want to... Uh, kind of draw some distinctions and talk about each one of those uh, to make sure people know if they have a problem. There what is the heck it is a difference, yes. and knowing the difference is knowing how to. It could them. save your life. It could save you some <laughs> <Probably> time. <laughs> so <laughs> I got fed up uh, to tell you how like upset this is making me. I got fed up this past week while yeah. I was working. One of these fungus gnats, this is one of the, I feel like, a key trait of fungus gnats is that they fly around your face. <laughs> because, like, I think it's because they, they maybe like humid. Maybe you should wash it, you stink. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. They're like, oh, this smells filthy and disgusting. <laughs> I want to lick it. <laughs> yeah. So they, like, buzz around your face, and I kept keep swatting it away, and it keeps coming back. And then I was like, you know what? 
screw it. And I just like sucked them right you up. You ate a fungus I gnat? I ate a fungus gnat. And I what the got- hell is wrong? <laughs> Who's laughing now, fungus gnat? Randy's giving you the Me. heads up and the nod. He's like, I would have done the same. <laughs> screw <laughs> that gnat. Were you trying to send a message to all the other ones? Like, <laughs> to f*** at their face? You know what? It's the last time it's happened in a few days. So I think that's that did send a message. Anyway... <laughs> So there's a couple of couple. Let's let's talk about like where these flies would be, right? So if you have fruit flies, you're going to see them usually around your garbage. That's where I see them in my oh, house. Oh yeah, they're usually around your garbage. Like you open your garbage lid. Oh gross! A bunch of flies came out. Or if you have fruit um, that you leave out on the counter, like bananas or apples or oranges, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, common fruits. Um, usually bananas. Fruit flies love. <laughs> Oh, I just said Those bitches go crazy for bananas. <laughs> anyway, they love bananas. Um, fungus gnats do not like bananas. Fungus gnats actually eat rotting roots. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like they will they will kind of nibble on your plants decaying roots or other like, you know, detritus or debris in the soil. Um, they don't really hurt the plant. Detritus means dead. That is correct. Thank you. Uh, so th- if you if you have a fungus gnat problem, it's for the most part just an an annoyance. It's not gonna it's not gonna harm your plants. It just looks really gross. Um, the other thing that you might have oh and by the way you'll you'll see them on the like the first inch or so of your soil. So yeah. you'll see them hopping around. They're pretty small. But if you look at the soil, you will see what look to be small flies kind of hopping and flying around the mm-hmm. soil and kind of crawling around. Fruit flies, you can kind of you can see them with the naked eye. They look like a small fly. And usually they're slow enough. You can kind of like grab them and catch them. Mm. White flies, on the other hand, are very small. Uh, you usually see those actually on the leaves of a plant. Okay. They are uh, pests that can harm your plant. So their uh, young or their larvae, their juvenile form of the of the insect will they kind of look like scale? Okay, you know they look like these little sort of white ovals on the underside of a leaf, and you'll usually if your plant is distressed from them, you'll usually see a lot in one in a mm. couple of spots. There'll be quite a lot of like little white dots, and when you rustle the leaves or something, you'll see them kind of like come up in a cloud. A bunch of little flies will kind of fly around your face. But they're really small. They're hard to kind of. They're hard to see. They're not like fruit flies, which are probably like ten times bigger. Oh, so white flies are like sm- like the smallest of the three things you're they talking about. They are very about? small. Yeah, yep. Okay. It's hard to actually see the features of the thing. Okay. All you can really usually see is that there's something flying around. Um, let's see what else have I written down on my little notepad. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about how to get rid of them. So yes, yes. Getting rid of fruit flies. This is my tried and true, uh, Dan Hudson patented fruit fly trap. <laughs> TM. Yeah. Registered trademark. So here's what you do: get some bananas. Okay. And good bananas, not like the underripe ones, but like wait until you want to eat it, and then you peel the banana as if you're going to eat it, and then you cut up the banana, put it in little like cups. Okay. And put saran wrap over it really okay. tight. And then you poke little holes with, oh. like, with like a wooden like kebab skewer. 
or something like toothpick, that. Toothpick, maybe. Yeah, toothpick would do that. Toothpick. toothpick. <laughs> that's a that's a more common uh, item. Anyway, so you poke a couple of holes in there and keep them small because the fruit flies will like crawl in. They freaking love bananas. Okay. Don't try to do it like people. A lot of people. Every time I tell someone about this fruit, fruit fly trap, they're like, "Well, oh, apple cider vinegar works. It might work. Bananas work better." But you have to use the actual meat of the banana. Don't use the peel. It does not work. I've tr- I've tried. Right. I've I've done experiments. <laughs> anyway, use the meat of the banana. It works like a charm. Give me that banana meat. <laughs> yeah. Then, like the gross part is, you have to empty the traps out because they will fill up with the fruit flies, and so you have to like take it outside and open it up and let them fly out. You could stick the whole thing in the freezer and let them just freeze their little true. asses off. True. That is also true. It's still gross. You still can't do that. <laughs> but then you got flies in your freezer. Yeah. And people are going to be like, what the hell's wrong with you, Caroline? <laughs> oh, sorry. Protein is as protein does. I don't know. Leave me alone. What do so, you do for what do you do for the fungi? fungus gnats? So fungus gnats are a little different. They only live for like a day or two. Um one thing that you can do is put up a sticky trap. So that's going to catch the adults. Those are usually relatively cheap, and you can get them at a local plant store kind of thing. I've definitely ordered them online, too, just yellow sticky traps. Mm-hmm. So those work like a charm. They only pick up adults. So they're not going to, like, the adults can lay eggs on different plants. Um, so that's something that you kind of have to watch out for. One thing that helps is bottom watering. The, uh, the plants instead of top watering because that will prevent the top inch or so from, from getting wet. It'll stay dry. Ahoy, hoy, who's here? Come on in. Oh my gosh, it's Ginger, Randy's dog. Hi, Ginger. And Andy, Randy's wife. Hi, Andy. Andy, have you ever dealt with fungus gnats? She says Doesn't no. Doesn't sound like it, no. No, okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so for fungus gnats, pretty easy. You start bottom watering and you can also put, um, like a piece of paper or a plastic to cover the top of the soil so that the adults can't get in there. And, you know, you don't have to be super uptight about it. You just have to like cover most of the soil. That'll probably be good enough. White flies, um, you actually have to deal with them like spider mites or oh, like they're the, more scale or something like Yeah, you actually have to, you can use the soapy water trick or like neem oil mm. and kind of spritz them, spritz finding, the leaves. Finding Nemo oil? Yes, the Nemo oil. Uh, you can also use your fingers to physically remove them from the leaves because the young are immobile. They don't fly. So they'll be sitting on the leaves. You can kind of like rub them off. Squish their babies. Squash them. Okay. Sweet. But so, that's, that's, so that's, I hope that helps people because, yeah, when you have like these flying irritating pests, it's good to know what they are first. Knowing is half the battle. <laughs> knowing is most of the battle. And then you can know <laughs> how to get rid of them because it's different. That's awesome. You can't well, use a banana trap on the white flies. It just won't work. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway. Well, sweet. <laughs> I, I have definitely dealt with fungus gnats uh, in my house, and I use the yellow sticky traps, and I've tried to make like yellow sticky trap like tubes mm. a- around. So, Mm-mm-mm. and I've killed many a little a little <laughs> flying guy, but I'll definitely have to remember the banana traps for fruit flies because I yep. think sometimes we get those in the summertime when there's That's just usually more. Yeah. yeah yeah. But holy crap, those banana traps! 
you'd be amazed how many you catch. <laughs> and the other kind of like the sick thing about it is you can hold your ear up to them and be really quiet and you hear like you can hear them like drumming their little bodies against the the saran wrap. Oh, oh, a living nightmare. We get to listen to a living nightmare. It's like an episode of Black Mirror. You sick bastard. Bug mirror. Is this before or after you slowly suffocate your lawn with a tarp? Sounds like when do we wipe out the civilizations of tiny insects? Just just try to try to figure this out. Uh, so in this episode, we taught you about <laughs> banana meat, uh, tarping your lawn to death, and sailors like gin and tonics. I feel like that's a complete episode, you guys. That's, I think that's a good one. That, we did it. <laughs> so good. Well, hey, Randy, roll the credits. Thanks for listening to Verdant North. Find our blog post online at, at verdantnorth.net. Find us on Twitter and at Verdant North. And you can find us on Facebook by searching Verdant North. If you want to contact us but hate social media, you can email us at verdantnorthteam at gmail.com. You can hear this podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, rate, comment, and share the podcast. The more likes, ratings, comments we receive, the more visible this podcast becomes. And thank you to everybody who has liked our Facebook page or rated our podcast. It really helps Or us even out. listening to us. Thank you so much. We have quite a few listens, and we always appreciate it. Uh, you can find Caroline Hallstrom on Twitter at... at Miss Zero Line. That's Miss O-Line. You can find Dad Hudson on Twitter and at Vernon Dana and eating gnats to intimidate other pests. <laughs> uh, you can find Nikki Lyons on Instagram at NovemberBlue83. That's November B-L-U-83. Uh, you can also hear me, Randy, on Twitter. Or find me on me. Uh, at Marlon underscore Rando. You can also hear me on the Scattered Podcast. Uh, There's a new episode going to come out pretty soon as you're traveling to Vermonty Poo, right? Yeah, we're, we've got a couple episodes in the back lot just because our lives are in shambles uh, for everyone else in that <laughs> podcast. But uh, I'll be going out there soon to actually record a Dungeons and Dragons episode because we need one of those now. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, as always, special thanks to Brienne Stead and Dewey Vu for our graphics and artwork. And an extra big thanks to webmaster Corey Hartung for making sure we exist on the web. And as always, a thanks to Minneapolis band Volcanus for allowing us to use their sweet tunes. Follow their hilarious video blog project on YouTube and listen to them an our tribal band Prozac Rat in quotation marks on Bandcamp, YouTube and find them on Facebook. Thanks for listening and always remember it's okay to kill gnats.